This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. Well, in one form or another, I give you the next president of the United States. Doctor, if you would roll the audio. I was very nervous. No woman should be subjected to it. But it you, was an assault. He starts to uh, ride on my top there, and I try to pull away from him. <laughs> That is audio from Donald Trump's latest commercial. It's down and dirty as it gets. Get used to it. Excelsior? I'm on air. You are on air with me. We are the Blaze Radio Network. I'm Jay Severin, one 888 And you just heard it, and uh, maybe we can hear it again. Skip, if you have it. This is And this is a little tougher than most to follow because it's obviously audio only. And this spot, I should tell you, I'll give you the the visual accompaniment, this spot opens with a black and white, a very sinister, as I would always use black and white still shots for that very reason, because on TV they look sinister, even if you don't say anything sinister. This opens with a shot of a kind of mean-looking Bill Clinton, you know, the first ever elected president of the United States to be impeached, that Bill Clinton. Uh, it opens with a shot of impeached Bill Clinton kind of scowling with a cigar. Get it? Cigar stuck in his mouth. And then the copy that follows, the audio that accompanies it, are the voices of his female accusers because impeached Bill Clinton was accused very credibly of various multiple sexual assault and rape while he was president of the United States in the Oval Office. For those of us with short memories or few birthdays, uh, this is the audio of the latest Trump spot. I was very nervous. No woman should be subjected to it. It was an assault. He starts to... uh... Right on my top there, and I try to pull away from him. 
And that, of course, is the cackle of the Wicked Witch of the East, West, North, and South. The new commercial is a frontal attack on Hillary Clinton via impeached President Bill impeached President Bill Clinton. And it's about, of course, the sexual allegations and rape allegations during his time as president. I'll tell you why I play it, really, more, more than the schadenfreude of torturing Hillary. Uh, you might not see the spot. I, I'm given to understand it's playing in very selected sort of media. But it's important to see... And I don't say that as someone who is a Clinton enemy. And I'm not merely an opponent. I'm an enemy. I'm a blood enemy. And, but there's another reason. The reason is for you to see it, for you to know it. For this reason. This, what you just heard, is the campaign, best and brightest. I give you... Your 2016 presidential campaign. There she is, Miss America. This is your campaign. Here it is. We wanted it. We got it. Shorthand? Twerking, Dada. Twerking. This is the campaign. Now, to go inside that spot for just a second... Some commentators, including Cokie Roberts of ABC News, say this commercial will backlash on Trump. Uh, she said this morning, ABC Morning News, Cokie Roberts said this commercial is going to backlash on Trump, and here's why. And she keeps repeating this mantra. White women will decide this election. I have no argument with her. I believe white women will decide the election. I have to look at it. Further, before I, you know, make a definitive uh, or issue a definitive opinion about it, but I, that makes sense to me. Right now, as I look at all the demos, white women will be the great swing vote in this election. Now, I have to be careful because one of the reasons that appeals to me is that Donald Trump leads Hillary Clinton with white women by 18 points last time I looked. So I admit there is some attractiveness to that uh, theory. I hope it's a theorem. But get ready for this campaign because you just heard it. Cokie Roberts said this will backlash on Trump. Why? Because the reaction of white women will be to be angry at Trump. See? They're going to be angry at Trump for suggesting that of another woman, i.e. Hillary, broadly defined, Hillary is being blamed for her husband's infidelities. I, I am an acquaintance of Cokie Roberts, and I believe that opinion is worthy of her, i.e. It's wrong! Um, I think if women of any age are educated as to what happened, and it doesn't take much. I mean, anyone who's completely uninterested 
in whether or not the president of the United States just a few years ago was guilty of or alleged to be guilty of sexual abuse of women serially and of rape while president of the United States then lied about committed perjury before a federal judge and grand jury and was the first elected president of the United States ever impeached? You know what? I have a little more respect for voters and women voters than to think, nah, nah, what do they care about that? That's small crackers. They don't care about that. I'm not so sure. I think an equally uh, an equally plausible look at this is to say that women will be offended when they learn that the uh, impeached Bill Clinton was boffing his intern and accused of sexual abuse and rape by other women while president of the United States. And that he sent his wife out on the Today Show to defend him by saying, Hon- Honey, honey, there's nothing to this. You know I would tell you. You know I would tell you, but there's nothing to this. I'm innocent as the driven snow. I didn't do this, honey. You have to go out there and defend me. You say it's the right-wing conspiracy. I didn't do it. I tell you, honey, I didn't do it. And so he hid behind her apron uh, apron strings, which is a pretty big thing to hide behind, I admit. And he sent her out there on the Today Show. I remember it like it was yesterday. I saw it live because I was going to be live 10 minutes later on television. And I was watching it, and I said, this bastard sent her out there to defend him. He must have just lied to her. Or, or is it? And we learned later it was the latter. Well, it was both. He lied to her. Plus, when she learned he lied to her, she made a calculated decision. And Hillary Rotten Clinton, from that moment on, ran the bimbo eruption unit. That's what they called it. That's what James Carville named it, the bimbo eruption unit. And that meant that any woman who accused Bill Clinton, even if she were right, she was a bimbo. And eruption meant they expected it to keep recurring because the volume of bimbo eruptions required a bimbo eruption unit. And they strong-armed the women who accused Bill Clinton of uh, threatening them, of sexually abusing them, even of raping them, according to their allegations. And then going public by ruining the women who made the accusations. And you know who headed up the bimbo eruption unit? Hillary Rotten Clinton. And you want me to believe of American women voters that more of them will learn that and say, nah, who cares about that? I care about the fact that I'm I'm just offended because I'm a, a fellow woman. Pardon the expression. This is Jay Severin, Severin. on the Blaze Radio Network.
The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. I'm Jay Severin. You are the best and brightest on the Blaze Radio Network. 1-888-900-3393. 1-888-900-3393. So this is the campaign. I may or may not be right about how women will interpret this or how they'll react to it. Believe me, if I had figured out what women want, Dr. Freud and I would have would share a practice and a condo uh, somewhere in the Bahamas. And I, I probably wouldn't be doing this at least five days a week. So I can't figure out what <clears throat> women. I've spent my life trying to figure out what women want. And so far, I haven't done a bad job, I must say. But in this case... I, I don't know what they're going to think. Maybe you know. Maybe you're a woman or you know one or think you do. one 3393 Well, this is all to say the presidential campaign is, and I know this is a PhD in duh, but all of them start fairly negatively. And then they, you know, and then they get, they get less so, and then they get more so in the end. This presidential campaign, I predict, will be the most negative in American history. I don't know if there will ever again be a camp. Not, not, not only has there never been a campaign that will be this negative, I don't know that there will ever be another campaign this negative. I don't know that we won't recoil from this one. I'm not being Pollyanna and saying, oh, it's terrible. I'm so offended. I can't listen to it. I'm not saying that at all. But I have been in the business for 30 years and uh, of running campaigns. And I, I, you know, this campaign is going to be really, really negative and ugly. This is going to be fugly. This so ugly is fugly is what it's going to be guaranteed. It has to be, because number one, this is Donald Trump. Hmm? You could take you could take Trump out of Queens, but you can't take the Queens out of Trump. Queens, New York, is where he was born. That has a lot to do, by the way, with you can't imagine the difference of a bridge or a tunnel and a mile and a half, and somebody's attitude whether they were born in New York or whether they were born in one of the OBs, the outer boroughs. Trump was born in an outer borough, making him to the crowd he aspired to join a GU, a geographic undesirable. 
had to grow up being part of the B&T crowd, the bridge and tunnel crowd. I know it seems stupid and probably is, but that's what rules the roost in the center of the universe, which, and this will annoy you more, is and has and probably will remain to some degree Manhattan. In any case, this presidential campaign is going to be ugly because this is Donald Trump. Number two, Hillary has only one hope of beating Trump, and that's making him too negative for anyone to vote for. Number three, Trump needs the media. We had, we first discussed this about uh, three weeks ago, maybe a month. Trump needs the media coverage because he needs it like a junkie he needs it. I, I mean that you know, small J and metaphorically, he he needs the media coverage. But quite aside from his desire for the media coverage, he needs politically, campaign-wise, needs the media because she's going to have more money. Ironically, it, it could be that she's going to have more money than he. But in any case, as I said when I first said it and we first discussed it, He needs this to be the civics circus maximus every day. He needs this to be a fist fight every day because the media will cover a fist fight and because he wins a fist fight. He wins a fist fight. He needs the media every day. He needs this campaign to be covered like the NFL playoffs every day between now and November. And you know what? There's a bonus reason. The more Trump gets media, the better he looks, believe it or not. The more Trump is exposed, quote-unquote, the better he looks to his supporters. So Trump wants... You know what it's like, and forgive me for those of you who are not football fans... My father, who was a linebacker in uh, in uh, high school and college, and a great one, said to me once, son, I'm not sure you're a linebacker. <laughs> he was right. I don't know where I lost the genes, but somewhere along the line, in order to be a good linebacker, there's one thing you must love. Contact. You must love sticking your nose. Every time the play is almost over, And you could run to it and then pull up. Instead, what you do is you stick your nose in the middle of the pile. You you stick your nose in the middle of every play. You know why? Because you love hitting people and you love getting hit. And if you don't have that in your blood, like Ray Nitschke, like Ray Lewis, like Nick Bonaconti, like... And you'll have to help me with the modern day, you know, great linebackers. You have to love to hit and be hit. I never particularly liked hitting nor being hit physically. I have to tell you, Uh, although I loved football, I didn't want a knee in my face on every play. My father did. My father's generation did. But that's another story. The thing is, 
every day that there is a fight uh, in the media, back and forth, Donald Trump loves it. Donald Trump loves hitting and getting hit. And I don't think Hillary Clinton does. But I'll tell you what, it sure looks to me as though she doesn't. And, and whether or not she does, doesn't matter if she's bad at it. And you know what? She's bad at it. She's very bad at it. You let Donald Trump go on Fox and Friends by phone tomorrow morning, and then let Hillary Clinton go on 10 minutes later or the next day. She sucks. She's terrible. She's uncomfortable. She's not entertaining. She's not comfortable in her skin. She doesn't know what to say. She doesn't know what to do. And she's trying to play in a league that requires contact. And she hates contact. Advantage Trump. Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. one 3393 I am Jay Severin. You are the best and brightest. We are the Blaze Radio Network. one 3393 And again, I kind of feel icky about the about having to say this, you know, to open the show today, but this is the campaign. It's going to be ugly because it has to be. And 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 here is the here is the the end of the this is how the story ends. This pres, presidential campaign is going to be so negative, guaranteed, that I believe it's going to result in the first ever election of a president of the United States who enters office underwater. That is to say, upside down. That is to say, with way higher unfavorables than favorables. In other words, the next president of the United States will very probably take office on day one hated by more Americans than loved by them. I mean, think about that. And I I have a a summary, twerking, Dada, twerking. And, And while we're at it, I would ask us to, I join, I ask you to join me in marveling at this profound and I think something of a disturbing change in our culture. You know, if you have the broad sense that it isn't what it used to be, you know, and everybody has said that, right? Everyone says that, the culture's going to hell, the kids are all going to ruin us, there's a generation gap, you know, all of this. But... If you think there's a a profound change, there is. 
There is. And you know what? It's in our culture, and it's represented by this national presidential campaign. Greater a change than anything since I, I, I put to you. Do you agree? Disagree? I, I, I put to you earnestly, greater than anything since the invention of the automobile or anything that's happened in 100 years. Like the kinds of changes that, that are, uh, are, are caused by world wars. This is one of the greatest social overhauls in the history of America, which has bubbled up or down, depending on how you like to view it. We could not have such a presidential campaign unless we wanted one. All my life, people have said to me, who, who, who agree with me, have said, wow, Jimmy Carter, how did that happen? And my answer is always, you know, anytime anyone says to me, wow, Bill Clinton, how did that happen? Wow, Jimmy Carter, how did that happen? Wow, Barack Obama, how did that happen? My answer is always, do you own a mirror? Go look in it. We, we get the candidates we ask for. Turn on the television at night. You see the shite that's on television? Why do you think it's on there? Because people are experimenting with billions of dollars? No, because they're giving most American citizens what they want. And the shite that's on television is what most Americans want. Guess what? The shite that is this campaign is what? Most Americans want, and I'm not even complaining. So I'm not moralizing here. Believe me, I'm really not. I'm just calling them like I see them. This represents, this presidential campaign is possible only by virtue of a virtual breakdown of societal norms across the board in this country. This is my story and my theorem. This is when we turned on, the family turned on the TV 8 o'clock on Sunday night and watched Miley Cyrus come out and uh, approximate serial sex on a number of men. And I was mortified and I looked around the room and, and my little girl looked at me and said, it's twerking, Dada. It's twerking. Oh, oh, okay, honey. Thanks. Twerking. Okay. I'll have to remember that. Twerking! It's twerking. Truly, do we believe that this campaign is not the product of the same network programming that produced Miley Cyrus approximating serial sex with several men at 8 o'clock on a Sunday night? Twerking, Dada! This campaign is a result of is a bubbling up or down of the septic tank which has become our popular culture in movies, in television. I'm, I don't mean to be an old fart, honest. I, I loved sex and nakedness and fun and, you know, all that stuff. It's bacchanal, great, you know, but not, not all of the time and in all circumstances. So maybe I am an old fart. But... This is representative of our culture right now. And whether or not you believe it's the engine or the caboose, let me say, uh, since Hillary is in this campaign, let's make it the caboose for a moment. 
See what I did there? Okay. Truly, do we believe that this campaign will have no impact? When we go through this presidential campaign, and today, it's May, and right now the most controversial spot in American political advertising has Bill Clinton with a cigar stuffed in his mouth and the words of women tearfully accusing the President of the United States of raping them and then finishes with the cackle of Hillary Clinton at the end. It's May. It's May. And that's what? That's that's the paramount right now of, of, the, of American politics. So whether you believe it's the leading edge or the trailing edge of American culture, do we really believe this campaign will have no impact on the taste levels, on the attention span, on the entertainment preferences uh, of people? You know, we're broadcasting live from the scullery of the USS Newman K. Perry, a destroyer in uh, in Newport, Rhode Island. And every once in a while, the sailors make a you know little noise, but you have to understand that because no one else brings you a show live from the Fighting 883, the Fighting Men of the Fighting 883, the Newman K. Perry of Newport, Rhode Island. So, so truly, no, I'm asking you seriously, do we believe this campaign will not have an impact on our attention span, our entertainment preferences, our movies, our books, the way our kids view life. You know, I was not a big adherent necessarily to the idea that Bill Clinton undefining fellatio as a sex act would have a a profound effect on kids or culture in, in soon but later years. But I think maybe I was wrong. I think maybe I was wrong, but I don't know. I don't know. I think it'll take a while. But I'm pretty sure about this one. I'm pretty sure that this campaign, you can have your choice. It represents either the leading edge or the trailing edge of American culture. But there's no way in the world that the things we have taken for granted that are institutionalized, like primetime television, like movies, like the things that kids under the age of 10 are exposed to. All of this, our culture, if you really think that this presidential campaign is or could occur in a vacuum, I would stake whatever it is I'm supposed to know on a bet against that. I would say that This campaign is not occurring in a vacuum. This campaign is the product of American culture. It's either where we're headed or it's the payoff. As I say, the leading edge or the trailing edge of American culture. But it says something. It says something beyond politics. And it's going to continue to speak. And again, I I know you didn't come for a sermon, and I'm rarely guilty of them, but this is one of those days that I'd like to, it would would be more fun, frankly, to come on and tell jokes about it. And and we already have told a few, 
haven't we? You, you know, I mean, I, I look forward to that. We're, we're going we're gonna to tell jokes uh, and we're going to laugh and laugh. And that's what we do. But there are some days when you look at this and truly, well, let me just give you a postscript. Remember America's dad? Who, who, who alone earned the nickname, the moniker of America's dad? It wasn't Father Knows Best, though Father did know best. Anyone who remembers Father Knows Best, that was real life. I lived it. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me. Don't tell me Father Knows Best never happened. I lived. I grew up in that family. Don't tell me Leave It to Beaver never happened. I was Beaver. And I know, I know what a rich trove of material I am ignoring by leaving the word beaver there, but I have to today. Forgive me. Don't tell me Leave It to Beaver didn't exist because I grew up in that family. I rode home on my bike. I jumped off my bike and let it crash into the front porch so I could go in and eat ham sandwiches, cookies, read comic books, and then go back out on my bike five minutes later and come home when it was dark. And no one had to worry whether anyone was going to get raped or slashed or killed or molested or, or by a president of the United States. So I mentioned this. Father knows best. And Beaver's father never made America's dad. You know who did? Bill Cosby. You know where Bill Cosby was today? He was in federal court because Bill Cosby is going on trial as a felony sex assaulter. Twerking, Dada. Twerking. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. <laughs> we are the Blaze Radio Network. You are the best and brightest. Rocky writes, golly, Wally, do you think Dad will be mad? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> golly, Wally, do you think Dad will be sore? you think Dad will be mad? Come on. You don't remember that? It wasn't true? Did you, you didn't have a bike? I'm trying to make allowances for people in cities, but come on. Jeez Louise. I mean, what, your family wasn't like that? And, 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 and you know what? You know what? If it wasn't, I'm being, I'm being the biggest jerk in the world because the biggest blessing I ever, Sorry. Sorry. Uh, the biggest blessing I've ever known was that my family was like that. Ah, uh, because they worked hard to give me that. And so... If I speak of it as though it's uh, presumed, uh, 
that everyone had it, then forgive me. Uh, no, my, uh, well, sorry. Who would think that Rocky would make me cry right in the middle of a segment? Uh, see, that's what's gone. Golly, Wally, you think that'll be sore? That was real. That was real. Because most of us had dads. And most of the time it was our mother saying, wait till your father gets home. If we were in trouble, you know. You know, okay, okay, I love you, but I don't know, wait till your dad gets home. He loves you too, but I don't know how he's going to feel about this. You know, and like, well, hey, mom, can I do this? Well, you know, you'll have to ask your father. Uh, And I, I weep because I miss it. And I weep because there are so many who don't know what I'm talking about. And I think it was better. I think America was better 30 years ago. I do. And I think we're losing it. And it's something we all ought to have and something we ought to fight not to lose. Forgive me. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. I am proud to say you are the best and brightest. We are the Blaze Radio Network. I'm Jay Severin. Let's pursue the Civic Circus Maximus and Cheap Laughs together. Excelsior. Welcome back, my partners, my friends. I am Jay Severin, uh, uh, stabilized now by the Blaze Radio Network First Responders Unit. About 10,000 cc's of Thorazine uh, did the trick. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, let me just start before I get into anything else uh, with uh, with, uh, Rocky. Rocky, thanks for calling, my friend. Welcome back. Oh, Hi, Jay. I wasn't expecting to go on so quickly. God, sorry about well, this. you are the rock, after all. I mean, I, uh, I, maybe I can help to cheer you up a little bit. I was wondering, you know, as a political advisor, you know, uh, and this kind of ties in with your penis transplant jokes last week, <laughs> what would you think about uh, Donald Trump possibly having a transplant right on his forehead so it would take off? Uh, you know, people's attention from looking at his small hands. <laughs> well, it, uh, <laughs> I often joked, 
actually, uh, as as a as a, a kid, I often joked about the idea. I don't know. I think it was like my first environmental awareness. And I first I learned about the frog with six legs. I said, "Laugh if you yeah. want, but when when you wake up with a penis on the side of your head, you know that you know it's not going to be so funny anymore. Although it could come in handy on a Saturday night, uh, but you know, uh, if you're a single man, other than that, uh, you know, it's it's something to be concerned about. Somewhere you chime the Star Trek." Uh... Uh, motto in there, <laughs> boldly go. <laughs> so uh, I uh, last week corrected you on my. Uh, hey, on uh, honey, I'm, is that is your hair all messed up on one side of your head, or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> is that a, is that a wicked cow lick, or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> I have been known to call Trump a name like that before. <laughs> and see how I worked in cow lick with Hillary? You know, the cow. <laughs> Just a little bovine humor. Uh, so uh, I uh, thought I'd clarify my position on Trump. Um, I, I begrudgingly... Begrudgingly, and I can't emphasize the word begrudgingly enough, will vote for him only to prevent Hillary. I can't imagine uh, we've gone from uh, Ted as, uh, you know, filet mignon to uh, kind of a happy meal with, uh, you know, some recycled chicken and and fries and a cheap, you know, cheap uh, prize in there. Yeah, BBC uh, did a story two, three nights ago which I didn't know at first it's the kind of story that I really listened to the BBC for, but then I felt a little sick at the end. I wasn't sure how to feel about it. And it was about, uh, it was half an hour long and it was a feature about overfishing. And I was really pretty fascinating, you know, about like where fish come from and, and how the good news is that we, if we pay attention and we uh, obey the rules for 10 years, all of the world's experts are in accord that we will, the fish, God bless them, reproduce faster than uh, any anything, you know. And if, if in 10 years you, you do this correctly, the entire stocks of all the ocean's fish will be, with one or two very rare exceptions, completely replenished. But at the current rate, um, and they, they broke down kind of, with the world's expanding population, you really need the oceans, which are renewable, to feed us because we will never keep up. You know, the land is never going to yeah. keep up. Yeah. At, right. As a of I fact, mean, you and you're the yeah. you're, you're you're you are the uh, Blaze Radio Network's uh, Jay Severin shows expert here. I know you're paid a hefty sum each year to be our our <laughs> consultant uh, on agriculture. And agriculture is what well, you didn't get that check. Uh, and agriculture no, is never going to keep up with billions and billions of more mouths to feed, though the sea can and will if we don't screw it all up. But to get back to the point, and I'll, sorry, and I'll let you uh, have That's all no the problem. time you want. Uh, Actually, the point of this thing was to, the, the, of of uh, of the um, what's the name of the international police agency? Interpol. 
Yeah, Interpol. Okay, Interpol. That one of their biggest jobs is to go after uh, fish frauds. <laughs> is to go is to <laughs> is to track down the people that right now two out of every five fish caught in the world is caught illegally. And that wow. China is one of the biggest offenders. That as the need for the food grows, they push their fleets further and further, farther and farther out from their uh, territorial waters because the territorial territorial waters are fished out. So uh, there have been these unbelievable confrontations I didn't never heard about with with with, with like the Argentinian Navy fired on and sunk. A Chinese trawler this year, wow! Because it wouldn't heave to and be boarded, and they and they were fishing out Argentinian water. So it pays with these super ships to sail from China to the coast of South America, take their fish, sail back to China, and it still pays off. So, you know, really sorry to everybody who doesn't care at all about this. Clearly, I'm a manic depressive, and today it's finally coming full bloom. Uh, here on the Jay Severin show, but the uh, this is the manic part, you know. But I mean, it, it's the, the it's the fish, the fish, it's the it's the fi- it's the fish, Rocky, it's the fish. <laughs> well, I I tend to go right along with you, Jay, because you got you got me uh, want to say something about fish. Uh, right right now, on the back of my tr- pickup truck, I just picked up a couple what they call intermediate bulk containers, IBCs. They're uh, these big plastic, you see them sometimes alongside where they're doing construction. They hold water. They're in a metal Right, frame. so they're gray. They're like 50-gallon drums, but they're gray? Uh, they're, they're 275 gallons. And right. what, I'm, okay. what I'm doing with them is, like you said, fish happens to be one of the greatest agricultural products for nutrition. And the way that they multiply is I do aquaponics. And what you do is you, you raise fish inside the tanks. And then you pump the water up to the plants up above, and then the plants get their nutrients from the from the fish's waste. Plus, they uh, help each other in that the fish create the carbon dioxide, and the plants consume it. So they make kind of a little ecosystem of their own that balances out. All and, right, let me ask uh, you this, just to show, just to prove I was paying attention. I owe it to the BBC. What do you feed your fish? <laughs> Fish food. <laughs> right. actually get so the point, actually get the point of the BBC <laughs> thing when they talk to the expert is everyone who thinks who's eating a farmed salmon, you know, or a farmed carp or something and thinks they're doing us a favor, we, we salute them for their motives. But in fact, what you're feeding the farmed fish is fish pellets and... <laughs> We take hundreds of millions of tons of fish that people could eat, and we sell them at a higher price to the people who grind them up and make fish pellets. And for every four, see, I remember this stuff. I hear it at two o'clock in the morning, and I remember it. There's something wrong with very, very wrong with me, Rocky. So the thing is, for every four pounds, a farmed fish salmon requires four pounds of fish pellets. So it eats four pounds of other fish to yield one pound of fish. That's probably quite likely so. Um, and when I say fish fish food, fish pellets, you, of course, can get into it a lot more natural than that. You can right, use, you know, right. 
but but, but o- overwhelmingly, I understand. Overwhelmingly, I understand well, the most popular thing to feed domestically farmed fish is fish, and and it yeah, takes four of it them. Is. It takes four pounds of fish caught off the coast of New Zealand to feed one one farmed fish in Rocky's backyard for one pound. You're 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 about right there. You bastard! You, 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 <laughs> Rocky, you bastard! <laughs> you enemy of the earth! <laughs> How can I have you in good conscience on this show? Eating their own babies is organic, you know. <laughs> <laughs> They're cannibals! You're a cannibal! Rocky's a cannibal! We can break the news here now on the Blaze Radio Network. Rocky is a cannibal. We have to break, and Rocky will come back. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. I have to prepare you gently for this, best and brightest. Our very own Rocky, a fish cannibal enabler. Woe betide us. Woe betide us. Rocky, return and answer for yourself. Uh, I don't know what to say, guilty. <laughs> my, my advice as your counsel is throw yourself on the moisy of the court. <laughs> uh, I, uh, you know, back to the, back to the fever cleaver, you know, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm afraid paradigm. That, yes. That yes. It is, it is, it is, it is for all practical purposes over. Yep. Um, I, I see no end in sight. I mean, I hate to take it from crying to to laughing and back to crying again. But this is, <laughs> Sorry this is, to take you from just... crying, mere crying to hysteria. <laughs> we'll just both be what, bipolar. That'll work. It's, we'll call it the Jay Severin Bipolar Show. <laughs> well, I always thought you were bi, but I, but I, you know, now I know. Yeah. Uh. Polar, that is. Buy something, but not sexual. <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's, I mean, I have to remember now I'm speaking to a fish murderer. Oh, I suppose I'm supposed to say, not that there's anything wrong with that, right? <laughs> not so that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> All right, so I'm uh, sorry, but I, I keep resisting your efforts to return to a point of some kind, so please. Uh, well, um, I, I, I feel like, uh, well, please. Probably the way that we are now in this uh, election cycle, um, I think that our our cruise people have, you know, come to the conclusion, although not, I can't go all the way there because I, 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 I won't give in to these, these rabid Trumpsters. I mean, I still, I still fight and argue with them on Twitter constantly. <laughs> I've, and, noticed. You know, I've noticed. I've noticed. And I. And I and I won't I won't back down that their candidate stinks, and uh, I actually keep a list of them 
on, and you know, maybe that's good therapy for other people. Keep a list of these rabbit Trumpsters, and later on you can say, I told you so. <laughs> may, may I tell you why I disagree, my dear friend? Go ahead. You betcha. Because we're going to be in the same, speaking of bi, I'm bi. I'm binary. There are, we're, we're and so are you. And so are yes, we I all. Am. We are binary. Yes, we have a binary choice coming up. And it's going to be Clinton or Trump. And I don't support Trump now. And I'm not saying yet that I'm voting for him or endorsing him or anything else. But I haven't been exactly secretive about my calculus uh, for all my life, including the life uh, so far I've spent here on the Blaze Radio Network. I have said I will always vote for the nominee of the Republican Party, such as it is. And this year is no different. It is always a superior alternative. And again, this year, it appears to be, appears to be. I have not given up on Ted Cruz yet. This is not over. Rocky, it's over when it's over. This ain't over. Right. I'm not going to say a word about voting for or supporting Donald Trump, if ever, until the moment the gavel comes down at the Republican National Convention and they lift his arm and say, this is our nominee. That's when he becomes the nominee of my so-called party. Not a second before. But, exactly. but if that happens, and I'm making no secret about this, you know, it's going to be, we are all by this election. We are binary. I agree. And I, I want to take this moment to be able to do something here. I want to tell you that I am, I am absolutely proud and happy with the way that you've been uh, outspoken about that. And, I, you know, well, I don't you. understand where these... I don't understand where these people ever come from that think you're standing up for Trump. They obviously haven't listened to the show for very long. And, you know, Thank there's you. just people that are that shallow. And there's a whole number of radio personalities out there, some that have been noncommittal for fear of losing part of their Trump audience, and some that have been absolutely rabid against Cruz, which I don't understand. And some of these people are even on the network that we're speaking on now and uh sorry to have said that here but it, it, it's it, perfectly it okay may... that you said it as long as it's perfectly okay with you that i recuse myself from comment Ab- uh, thereon absolutely i just can't understand the bosses worked hard for ted and at the same time we've had some people out there that were outspoken against him and that's kind of per- counterproductive so I'm sure well, I have got I will been. share with you this. I have gotten a sense that I have colleagues, not necessarily on air, but I have colleagues who have have more or less accused me of being a shill for Trump. And and that's oh. and that leaves me disappointed that, because it means I'm the, not I'm not articulating myself very well. I, I think you actually caught me where I was starting to get uncomfortable because I have a hard time saying anything good about Trump. Even though there are good things to say, it doesn't help my cause. I'm not sure <laughs> there, are, there are, by the way. Let me go. Let me, well, let me other, raise you. Let me see that and raise you, Rock. I'm not sure <laughs> there are any good things. To, 
I'm not sure there is anything <laughs> good to say about him. But I, I know I know what I know is what I know. And I know there are only bad things to say about that effing socialist cow, Hillary. So that's that's mm. exactly what he has good to say, Jay. That's exactly <laughs> it. That's the that's the thing I'm talking about. You know, that's you the what I opened the get, show with today, Rock. You, it's this well, is the yep, only way he can win. Get, when you yeah, said it's going to get fugly, you said it was going to yep. get fugly. Hey, yep. I hated that when he was bad mouthing uh, Ted Cruz, the man who never should have been called a liar, and the man who has been really true to his uh, principles and policies. But now, if he wants to take after Hillary Clinton, Hillary, I just can't wait. They, they can no, shoot amen. each other full of holes. I will enjoy no, every second of it. <laughs> amen. I, I, don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I, I, the, the, the strong, here's the strongest, if you're Donald Trump, you know, his office has reported to him in in my fantasy, you know, here's the strongest endorsement you've gotten so far from Jay Severin. It's a choice between a calculated, considered risk of perhaps deep and significant disappointment versus the certitude of socialist nightmare. So, uh, you know, if, if, if there it is. There's my strongest positive statement about Donald Trump to date. If people want to regard that as an endorsement, okay. Rocky, I want to thank you. Uh, you did make me weep, but then you made me laugh. So that makes you a friend. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. And you are my partners in the self-same place, the Blaze Radio Network, one 888 one 888 You know, uh, it's, uh, it's a good thing not to care about these things we talk about. You know, imagine if I cared. I might become emotional. Uh but it doesn't blind me to the fact that my good friend Rocky is a fish cannibal enabler. You know, if I didn't listen to this stuff on BBC, I wouldn't know it. And if I didn't know it, you might not know it. Did you know that? No, no, seriously, just to finish that. I know, man, I know I can hear the, the computer shutting off. But do you know that they, they, they catch these Chinese mega boats? Did you see the picture of the boat last week, the video a few days ago of the biggest ocean liner in the world? It was docked in, in uh, the UK and about to make its vo- void in, uh, maiden voyage. Did you see the size of this bastard? They have fishing boats twice as big as container ships, and they are literally factories. I mean, that when they, when they, when they pull into port, they unload like the finished product, iced, stamped, ready for the mail. You know, I mean, I mean, it's like a crap through a goose. You know, it's like it goes in the front end as cod or as we say here, quad. 
and it, it, it comes out ready to be mailed to Hawaii. Like Hawaii needs to get fish from someone else. But no, they, they find these Chinese ships and the Xinhua are fishing off like Peruvian waters. Are you kidding me? But anyway, uh, they're, they're trying to crack down on finding which fish are caught illegally and come up with a system whereby you know when you purchase fish, you're buying some that are caught sustainably. Or And I know, now I know, I've crossed over into national public radio land, sorry. But see, I, I, I've never been an environmentalist, but I have always been a conservationist. And it is well within the realm of conservationism that it makes great sense to fish sustainably. I'll tell you, if we don't, we're going to have we're going to be in for a rude shock not us first it's first it's going to be you looking at CNN seeing babies in Africa and South America with flies on their eyeballs you know because they because they have nothing to eat i'm not making light of it but i mean that's that's what we'll see I and mean, the next it's going to spread to southern europe right it's going to be greece next and then who knows? But I mean, we don't have enough food to feed people, but the ocean can feed us forever if we do it sustainably. And I'm not talking about buying a electric car here. You know, I, 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 I drive, I drive the biggest gas guzzler I believe ever made, which is that great big square Mercedes. Unless you think, by the way, I'm bragging by saying Mercedes. My car was made in 1995. So my car is how many years old? Who's good at the maths? My 1995 G-Wagon, which is that Mercedes they made 500 of initially, it's a box with wheels. It's a square box with wheels. The thing is bulletproof, literally. And it gets, we measure it in gallons per mile. And I pretty much ride around with the emergency brake on. I don't care what the cost of gas is. I'll go broke before I'll become an environmentalist. But I do think it makes great sense to say that the mafia, and it is, it is, honest. It's the mafia that is now running the fish industry because there's so much money in it. The mafia, organized crime in Southern Europe and elsewhere is making as much money in illegally caught fish virtually as they are in drug trafficking and human trafficking. It's really, it's the coming business for you young criminals. Go get yourself a boat. Go catch lots of fish. And then uh, and then the, the idea here is you've got to get it into a port where Interpol isn't going to be waiting for you. But I wish them all the luck in the world because the notion of species of fish getting fished out like gone extinct i mean that's all right maybe you're slightly more interested in this than in sustainable fishing uh bernie sanders has formally requested a recount in the state of kentucky (laughs) how about that just to drive clinton even crazier He's requested a a Kentucky recount. Now, if he were to win it, which is, I'm going to say unlikely, but if he were to win it, 
it wouldn't make any difference, really. But, I mean, not not in terms of the arithmetic, it wouldn't make much difference. But in terms of the aggravation factor to Clinton, in terms of prolonging this thing, look at what we have. We started off with a sure, absolutely sure bet nominee for the Democrats, Hillary Clinton. And 17 freaking Republican candidates. And here we are in May. And we're pretty much down to one Republican candidate. And, you know, really, technically, Sanders probably can't beat Clinton, but he still could. And the thing is, remember, the greatest damage, and, you know, Bernie says all the time, no, you know, I'm not doing this. This is unselfish. You horse hockey. Bernie Sanders' existence is electing Donald Trump. Not because he's going to replace Hillary. Not because the superdelegates in the Democrat Party are going to abandon Hillary Clinton and all of a sudden cast their super secret, double secret probation, two-way wrist radio secret handshake vote for Bernie Sanders all of a sudden. I don't believe that is going to happen. But here's what is happening. Bernie Sanders is dragging Hillary Clinton to the left, the left, the left every day. Now, she's far more left than he'll ever drag her. Personally, she is. But she doesn't want you to know that before the election. The last thing Hillary Clinton wants regular humans to know is how much of a Marxist she is. She is a far more committed communist than Bernie Sanders is. Hillary Clinton is far, far greater a danger than Bernie Sanders. She is far more committed a Marxist than Bernie Sanders has ever been or will ever be. She is the Manchurian candidate. Always has been. But you see, she doesn't want you to know that prior to the election. The key here is get elected before people know that you're a Kwame. And Bernie Sanders is dragging her to the left every day he's in the campaign because she can't let him run to her left and keep winning and drawing these big crowds. And what she can't have is polls in in a month that show her losing to Trump. And right now, there is no major poll that doesn't show her tied with or losing to Trump. And there is panique. So chic, le freak, panique in the Democrat Party because of it. And Hillary is starting to look over her shoulder at the prospect of the superdelegates maybe saying in a month, you know, This was unthinkable a month ago when the best and brightest were saying it, but we have to face a choice not tremendously unlike the uncomfortable choice Republicans had to make, that we were were lavishing in their discomfort. We were getting high on the schadenfreude of Republicans uh, having to watch Donald Trump force a... Uh, a takeover of the Republican Party. Little did we know 
that the chickens would come here to roost. And now we have a choice. We can stay loyal to Hillary and lose, as the polls say, or we can abandon Hillary, which would be the biggest scandal in the history of the Democrat Party. We can abandon Clinton and throw our votes at the last minute to Bernie Sanders because the polls show that Bernie Sanders can beat, well, can win. And in the end, if you think Republicans, if you think you want to win, you don't know anything about wanting to win compared to the Democrats. You know why? Because you're a hardworking, patriotic American. And who controls the government does not matter to you that greatly ideologically. See, you don't stay up at night worrying about whether I can go be Willy Wonk at Whip Out and go into the little girl's room uh, at the mall or go in the shower. You know, when, when I started coaching my little girl's lacrosse team, I believe she was 10, you know. And so well, I'm in a shower with them on away games. Well, that's what liberals stay up worrying about at night. My right to shower with 10-year-old girls, okay? You don't stay up at night worrying about that. You, you, you don't have a deep ideological commitment that you want government to enforce some queer weirdo, and by queer I mean queer. I speak English. How about you? Queer weirdo, you know, lifestyle regimen. You, you don't care about that. That's not what government's for, in your view. You also don't want government to take over other people's lives or tax them to death or control what they do. Democrats stay awake in a cold sheen of sweat every night, worrying about whether the government will be successful in forcing us to live the way they want us to live. To, believe me, as much as we want to win, we want to win to be left alone. The Democrats want to win so they can control your life. This is Jay Febron on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. I was about to say, on the Blaze Radio Network, one 888 Every day you work hard. And every day you are bombarded by largely well-intentioned people wanting to share something with you. And I'm among them. I plead guilty. You know, there are things that I see and read like that fish story on BBC the other night. You know, if, if there were no rules about this sort of thing, I wish I could have, like, pushed a button and recorded that and played it for you. I think you would have been... It was a half-hour feature on illegal fishing. I think you would have been fascinated. Really, I do. I mean, I, I know you. You would have liked this. So I'm among those putting upon you for your time. Right? Everyone thinks, oh, you, you got to see this. Did you see this? You got to see this. Did you hear this? You got to hear this. You know, here, do you hear? Did you read this yet? Here, read this. You don't have any time to do any of those things. So I'm about to put on you, uh, put upon you again. I have heard a friend 
a very knowledgeable friend, describe recently a new book by Peter Schweitzer. I don't think it's a brand new book. Uh, It's a recent book by Peter Schweitzer. I would guess S-C-H-W-E-I-T-Z-E-R, Peter Schweitzer. And it's called Clinton Cash. It's been made into a documentary. I believe it's an hour long, just short of an hour long. I have yet to read it or see it. But, and I want to be honest about that, because often people are telling you, see this, read this, hear this, and they've not touched it themselves. I don't do that to you. When I recommend a movie uh, or, or a song or a book, you know, I know every word of it, and that's why I recommend it to you. I have not writ- I have not read Clinton Cash, nor have I seen the documentary. But from what I understand, and I don't know what will come of it, though, given that we are still dominated by liberal mainstream media, probably nothing. But my understanding of this, which I'm about to read, and which movie I will see the moment I can, by any means I can, this book, Clinton Cash, this documentary, Clinton Cash, is a journalistic endeavor. It is not a hit piece. It is a journalistic endeavor to show how much money the Clintons have and where they got it, how it is they left the White House bankrupt, literally facing bankruptcy proceedings. And aside from the rugs and furniture and silverware they stole, true story from the White House, aside from that, those were their only assets, our national treasures that they stole. Okay, Other than stealing Jefferson's silver, uh, they, they were bankrupt. And now they're worth a couple hundred million dollars. How is that so? What did they have to sell? What, what, why is it that people gave them? Why did Saudi Arabia give them a hundred million dollars? Where did the Clintons get their money? How, when, and why? Clinton Cash by Peter Schweitzer is a book and now a documentary. And because a friend recommends it, I recommend it to you. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.